is Jared the GM on ESPN 1025, the game. We are live today at Pete and Terry's Tavern with a pair of tickets to give away this hour and a pair of tickets to give away next hour for tonight's Preds and Sharks game. Again, Pete and Terry's Tavern. Happy hour starts now. $5 domestic drafts, $6 craft drafts, and $7 specialty cocktails. GM. Yes, sir. The offensive line of the Titans has been a problem, correct? <laughs> yes. And one of the reasons that it has been a problem, probably amongst many, is that the left tackle, Taylor Lewan, was suspended for the first four games, correct? Right. Okay, and when Lewan returned, even though, as you have pointed out many times, it's, there's going to be an adjustment period, he was simply not very good on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. Fair? Right. Okay. Taylor Lewan talks too much for somebody who is not producing at the level that we expect him to produce. And I, you know, I don't care about the podcasts and I don't care about how he's always up there talking and with the locker room. And, but I, I got irked when they showed him on TV and he was jawing with the Bills players and they had to kind of separate it a little bit at one point. And I'm thinking to myself, so help me God if this guy gets a 15-yard penalty. I mean, he comes back and on the first play gets a holding penalty, although it was a holding penalty I disagreed with, but gets a holding penalty on his first play back that negates a 25-yard gain and really had nothing to do with the play. So wipe off a 25-yard gain. I find this, the whole Taylor Lewan thing seems to bother me. He talks too much. Derek went on a rant about four years ago. D. Mace went on a rant about Lewan and said, that's not what offensive linemen do. You're not a wide receiver. You're not a running back. You're not a quarterback. You're not offensive linemen are not trying to be the center of attention all the time. And yet it feels like Lawan enjoys the center of attention, which I don't have a problem with. If you block your guy and are cons- and are consistently there for your team. And this year he has not been there for his team for whatever reason and he was bad on Sunday. Couple that with after the game, you know, Shaq Lawson of the Bills talks trash to Lawan, so Lawan feels the need to go to Twitter and fight back with Shaq Lawson, and they get into it. And Lawan says to uh, Shaq Lawson, Shaq Lawson says, I hope you're in Arizona during the offseason, tough guy. Lawan says, yep, and it'll go just like last time. You'll be tired as blank and me crushing workouts. Now, if you had been busted for PEDs, would you really come back with a, I work out better than you? line i don't know (laughs) because jordan phillips who had about 37 sacks jordan phillips got in on it yesterday from buffalo and said go get drug tested again bum you're soft crybaby i'm surprised you even finished the game and then later tweeted out and said appreciate shaq lawson for beating taylor lewan inside so i could get my sack so now the Bills players are all just piling on Lawan. Even Micah Hyde, who's, I think, a very well-respected safety in the league, who was at Green Bay for a while. Micah Hyde came out today on WGR in Buffalo and said, I'm, sure, I'm not sure what his deal is. Every time I play him, you have to be ready for him to do something stupid. We definitely feel we got the better of him yesterday. Floyd, is Taylor Lawan becoming a problem? No. This is one game. This is that one week. In my opinion, it's five games. No, it's not. Let me say this. 
I, I think this is the problem with, with everybody and all this social stuff. There are people and businesses where all this social media helps. You know, like you. You, you love your thing. Well, in our business, where you're doing radio, it's probably a good thing to we do. We need to get people it's to probably, pay attention to us. It's yes. pro- yeah, look at me, look at me. Although Jared kind the team has stuff. a lot of attention, so, so that's good. I don't, so it's, it's completely different. If you're a pro athlete, you are not known for radio. You are not known. You know what you're known for? Playing football. I don't care. Nobody cares if you've got 10,000 followers or 10 million followers on whatever it is, social media you're on. It doesn't matter. You have to play left tackle. And I think there are people, pro athletes among them, that have to understand that all that social stuff is not going to benefit them one bit. And if it can, if it will, if you give it a chance, will create a lot of problems. And they need to just get away from it. Just leave it alone. But there are those that think somehow, some way, they're going to help their brand by being really good on social media. Let me say this. You become an average left tackle and a star on social media and see where it gets you. You know, it'll get you into social media. That will be your full-time job. You know, power to you. So I just think people have to realize what it is they do. What's my job? And all that other stuff is just fluff. It's just BS. And it has I'm, nothing to do with me playing left tackle. And that's exactly how I feel. That none of this, none of, he talks all the time. All he does is talk. Talk, talk, talk. And it's all look at me stuff. Look at my white suit. Look at me. Look at me and my podcast. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And I'm with you. Like, I don't mind it. I, I'll look at you. But I expect you to be a Pro Bowl left tackle. And he, for the first five games of the season, has not been that for whatever reason. And we all know what the reason was. And if I'm a player in that locker room, no offense, but I'm probably getting pretty sick. I probably don't want to have to hear about Taylor Lewan tomorrow when someone comes up to me and says, oh, well, what do you think about Taylor? Because Taylor let me down for the first five games of this season. Yeah, but I mean... And we've said this before. Taylor's very likely the best player on that team. And everybody in that locker room knows Well, it. you don't show up for the first five games, then uh, how long are you going to have to wear it, 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 it doesn't matter. I mean, they, they all realize who he is. And they and not, and there you may be right. There may be guys that don't like him talking. But I doubt there's going to be anybody say anything about it. Because he's, you know, you talk about personalities in the locker room. I'm just going to guess, and I've never been over there. I've never experienced it, but I'm going to guess he's got a he's got a pretty, pretty good sized personality in that locker room. Yeah, but and, and it, it very well, they could be having a great time with it. They could be loving it. I get the vibe that that team treats him like you know crazy Uncle Cletus. You maybe. know what I mean? Like maybe. Oh yeah, that's just Taylor over there. This is Taylor being Taylor. Another, but Taylor being Taylor is fine. Just like Manny being Manny is fine. Just like To being To is fine. Until you stop producing. And then it becomes a problem. And you're probably right. Taylor Lewan probably will go back out there. And he'll probably be the best player on the team this year. And God knows they need help on the offensive line and all of that. But right now, he's not. And I just, I get frustrated when, I mean, like, Lewan's embarrassing himself. when he And I know how little you care about Twitter. And you probably are right, because Twitter, who cares? 
But he's embarrassing himself when he's sitting there talking to Shaq Lawson about, wait till you see balls, I'll crush my workouts and you'll be a... Dude, you just got popped for PEDs. You just got suspended for steroids or SARMs or whatever they're called. You know, to to us guys out there, we think uh, you probably were crushing your workouts because maybe you had a little bit of help because that's what your urine led the NFL to believe. So you almost laugh at the guy when he says something like that. But I'm sitting here saying, stop worrying about Shaq Lawson and just go play uh, that's football what he needs to and block guys. He is an all-pro left tackle arguing with a guy that before this game had three and a half six sacks in his entire career, and the other guy is a backup. What do you, why are you lowering yourself to argue with those guys? You know, if you're going to argue, let's argue with the best guy on their whole team, whoever that may be. You know, that's one thing. But don't be arguing with the guys that are going to be out of the league in another year or two. I generally I mean, it's speaking, just ridiculous. I generally speaking don't like attention seeking and trash talking in football because then it leads you to what happened to Baker yesterday. Where I mean, you saw it was personal for San Francisco last night. Bosa gets the sack and he does the Ohio State. He does the flag because Baker planted the flag at Oklahoma. And uh, what was it? Richard Sherman said Baker wouldn't shake his hand before the game. So that irked Richard Sherman. And Richard Sherman, who doesn't do anything anymore, makes a great play on an interception. And I guarantee you the Titans enjoyed this. But I promise you the rest of the league enjoys beating Baker Mayfield right now because Baker's on every commercial because Baker – Always gives a soundbite because Baker can't stay off social media because Baker's all, look at me, look at me, look at me. And everybody in the league wants to put it to Baker Mayfield. And I just believe that when you have that kind of personality, it only opens yourself up to get embarrassed. Whereas if you just shut your mouth and play sports and get better every day and don't worry about all of that, nobody's going to take, I mean, they're not going to do, they're not going to, I want to say get a little extra motivation to go out there against you, but there's certainly, it takes away an element that doesn't need to be there. Well, I mean, all those, like in Baker's situation, all the commercials and stuff that he's doing, I don't think anybody begrudges him from that if they're legitimate big-time commercials because everybody knows there's big money in all that, Mm -hmm. and they understand that, hey, that would be hard. I mean, Peyton Manning, how many commercials has Peyton Manning made? You know, not, although, not, although Peyton had accomplished a lot more in this league before. Yeah, but but the point is, I mean, if, if Peyton would have been starting all over right now, he would have the opportunity to do all of those plus, you know, whatever else. So, I mean, I don't think anybody begrudges him of that. Now, some of the other stuff, I mean, it becomes an issue. You know, that, and it's the same thing, same reason, same deal. You know, there's there's be known for being a quarterback. You can't go out and complete eight passes for a hundred yards and talk smack to anybody. You know, you you do that, you better put your tail between your legs and head for the hills. Let's take your phones. Your thoughts on Taylor Lewan. And again, Taylor is back to talking, back to Twitter, back to all of it. And I think a lot of people like me just want him to get back to blocking. 
615-737-1025. Hey, fans, do not miss the pregame show. One o'clock. That's right. The kickoff will be will be later as well today from 10 to 1. And then the pregame show, 1 to 3, live at the George Jones downtown. Chair to the GM and Chris Sanders. Again, come on out, 1 to 3, Titans Broncos. Uh, the pregame show brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com. Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealers, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. Chair to the GM. And as we get into the Taylor Lewan discussion and your phone's on Taylor Lewan, the question is, are we sure he's going to get back to playing at the level he was playing at? We'll discuss that next. Jared in the GM, it's ESP at 1025 The Game. You know, I think one Titans fan told me that his, his dad sold his, their season tickets because he said the ball was going to break, our, break, the, break their heart. And so we have to be better. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, there's nothing. I'm not saying anything that nobody else sees. Like, we have to be better. And that's myself included, everybody. Like, upstairs, coaches, players, everybody has to be better. And, and that's got to be consistent. And it can't be, oh, we lost. Well, uh, well, let's be better. And then we win. And then we're like, oh, we're the greatest. It's, it's got to stop. Yeah, it's just, it's getting out of hand. Taylor Lewan saying, hey, we got to be better. I agree. And you know who right now needs to get a lot better? You. Because you were terrible on Sunday and you missed the first four games. Now, Floyd does give the excuse of him missing the first four games as to why he was bad on Sunday. And you're probably right. I mean, to be completely frank, he probably needs to get some games under him before he's ready to go. But unfortunately, you've got three losses now. You don't have, you know, a whole bunch of time to, to getting ready to go. And I think I speak for a lot of Titans fans when I say, stop the podcasting and the Twitter and get focused on blocking your man because if you don't block your man, Mariota's going to get killed. So that's where I got on that. Let's go to your phones on Taylor Lewan. Are you worried about Lewan? And the distractions off the field and the suspension affecting him having even a decent season this year. Well, no, it won't affect him long term, but it's certainly going to affect him for the first, you know, until he can get in midseason form. And the problem going to be that, you know, how many games is uh, is that going to take? He's missed four, so let's just say it takes two or three games. Well, heck, you're halfway through the season. So, you know, it's going to be difficult to have the kind of season he's had in in other years simply because he's only going to be playing you know in shape for half a season but uh but given that i mean for that half a season i think he'll i think he'll be fine the good thing about offensive linemen especially if they if they take pretty good care of themselves is they can play for a lot of years you know a long time let's go to your phones jd is up next on taylor lawan thank you for calling go ahead jd Hey, Jerry, appreciate you taking my call. So uh, you mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago uh, you don't know if Taylor Lewan is going to be able to, you know, perform the rest of the season. And the thing is about the supplements he was taking, the songs, they're considered pro-hormones. And if that's the case and him not knowing he was taking them, you know, they have a dramatic effect on his strength and his conditioning, you know, muscle density and all that. And you have to cycle off of stuff like that. And I don't know if he will be able to get back into peak performance because of the way that he took those supplements. And he's saying he didn't know that was in there. And, you know, I've seen people uh, really, you know, lose a lot of strength and muscle density due to that, not taking that supplement the right way. And that that's, you know, a big thing. I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back with that. Uh, another thing I want you to do, what do you think about the kicker, Jared, that we signed, the one that hasn't uh, 
uh, played a game in six months. Uh, I think he'll suck, too. Thank you for your call, J.D. I mean, he can't suck worse than the other guy did. Probably cost you two games. Are, are you ready for an amazing stat about that I heard on the morning show this morning? Okay. On the kicker? On the kicker. I really want to get to the guy's first point, but go ahead with your stat. The, the stat is of all time, all time NFL history, He's the twentieth best kicker in the history of the NFL. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That's pretty impressive. Double doink. There we go. Uh, Adam Vinatieri is considered the greatest kicker of all time. You know why? Because the guy makes kicks in the playoffs. You want to know why this guy's got doesn't have a job? Because he can't make kicks in the playoffs. To me, it's as simple as that. Uh, on the Lawan thing, he brought up the SARMs and the performance enhancers and the things like this. Rightly or wrongly. If Lawan doesn't perform at a Pro Bowl level for the rest of this year, I think fans will look at that as, ah, can't do it without the juice. And I hope Lawan knows that. Well, I don't, people don't know how long he's been on the juice. They don't, they, people have no idea. It's like the guy that was just calling. He has no idea what he had. Not, unless that guy's an all-pro left tackle. That gets, I mean, we don't know what it was. And, and well, no, I would Taylor, guess Taylor this, told everybody this is his fifth year. If he gets into the fifth year of his career and, and has been using, using that kind of stuff all through his career, he would have been caught by now. I mean, that's not one of those things you, you can easily keep secret. I, and so uh... I, think, I think if you, if you're, you know, I mean, I go back to the story I hear the most about how these things happen, and these guys get into supplements. And I understand why. I would be doing all of that, too, if I thought it was going to help me. And somebody says, hey, here's a great supplement. You know, give this a whirl. And you give it a whirl, and then you find out you test positive. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't know that much about it. But, but the old, like they keep saying, juicing, you know, the old juicers, the old juicers, they could walk into a room and you knew they were juicing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, because I was a strength coach for a number of years. Back so when the juice I, was that's prevalent. That's it, when everybody used it. And everybody talked about it, and it wasn't a big deal. So, I mean, you, I know a guy who's been juicing. And, uh, and you do not just all of a sudden quit juicing and not be shocked. I mean, you, you're surprised about just the appearance. Like, it, like remember a couple of years after Barry Bonds retired and Barry Bonds, this little skinny guy, you know, from the big old Barry Bonds that he used to be? Uh, I mean, I don't respect that for Lawan. I, You're probably right. I'm just telling you that the general consensus about Lawan will be, if he's not as good, after the suspension will be, can't do it without the juice. And that may be a total wrong assumption to make. Oh, yeah, that'll be stuck with him forever. But that's what everyone's... I mean, it's just like the guy from the Bills saying, you know, you're soft. Go take your PEDs, bum. You know, like, it's going to happen now. Calvin is up next on Taylor Lewan. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Calvin. How you doing, fellas? Thanks for taking my call. I respect yep. you for it, Reese. But, man, you got to quit gassing up Lewan. At this point, you cannot say he is the best player on the team. He has that ability. That's why we paid him $100 million. But you see what happened with uh, Albert Hainsworth when we, uh, the Redskins gave him $100 million. You know, big money, big mouth, it talks. But he needs to prove it on the field. And my, my biggest issue is with Mike Vrabel. You know, I understand the coach not giving information to the public and staying in the house and trying to be this Patriots way. 
But at this point, he's just being stubborn and he's being kind of an a-hole, man. Like, and it runs downhill. This team acts like they can do no wrong. This is one of the worst teams collectively we have had in Tennessee, but we should be a perennial playoff team. We have the talent all over the field, and they act like they can do no wrong. And that, to me, starts up top of very well. Thank you for the call. So I don't completely agree with that. I will say this. I do feel like there is a sincere lack of accountability with the Titans. Like, I, I believe that this team, and I don't know if it's because there aren't enough jerks in the locker room. Like, maybe they need to get a jerk in the locker room. Wait a minute now. We can't have guys that are talking in the locker room, and now you need jerks in the locker room. Well, I mean, you got, it's one way or the other. I you just, either got to have everybody that is, you know, kumbaya, or you have a riot. I mean, it's one or the other. I'm just, I, just don't, I was thinking about this yesterday after the game or Sunday after the game. And it was, I just feel like they don't have a guy in the locker room that will say, hey, you screwed up. He just, you, need you, to... you just heard Taylor say it. I know, but he just got suspended. He even went to the coaches. He went he upstairs. Upstairs, yeah. I mean, he hit everybody. So, I mean, I don't know how much more accountable you can hold people to. Unless he wants to go upstairs and beat Amy up or something. Well, but he just got <laughs> suspended for four games. No one's going to listen to what he says. I don't see. You got suspended for four games and you sucked in your fifth game back. And people are going to listen to this guy talk to me. Yeah, me because what to do? Why don't you go? Because get, drink again, your the people say he's the best player on the team, and and I think he is. So and he knows that, and they know that. I mean, this is this is the players. You don't just stand up and say something like that in this locker room unless you have some kind of respect throughout the locker room. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, I, I, I think he's, and we keep talking about, hey, we need somebody to hold him accountable. I mean, he just jumped right there and held everybody in the building accountable. So... And included himself. I know, but I just don't feel like it, it doesn't resonate with me when you're the guy coming off of a PED suspension. You know, like I'm, if I'm a player on that team, I'm really going to listen to Taylor Lewan tell me what to do when the guy yes. is the highest paid player yes. on the team, has missed the first four yes. games, and has stunk for the fifth. Yes, game. you will. Yes, you will. Like if you're the rookie right guard and Taylor says you've got to play better, guess what? You're going to play better. I mean, because everybody knows who Taylor is. I mean, he's the highest paid player. He's the the uh, one of the true all pros that we have. And and uh, I mean, I think in that locker room, he's he's going to be listened to. I don't know. I I don't feel that way. Well, That's just who's going who's going to dispute him? Who's going to go up to Taylor and say... Yeah, you need to be quiet. Who's going to do that? Uh, it's not that. It's just who's... I just don't think they're going to listen to him. Who's not going to listen to him? Everybody. <laughs> okay. The players that you need to play better? I mean, what if I'm sitting there, if I'm Kevin Byer, now Byer's playing well, but if I'm one of these guys, like, I don't... If I'm Roger Saffold, I don't need Taylor Lewan to tell me what to do. I played the Super Bowl last year. I don't need Taylor Lewan, who just got popped five games for PE... Four games for PEDs. I don't need him to tell me what to do. You know what? I, I mean, he, I'm Derek he, Henry. he may not want to hear it, but he may be one of the guys that needs to hear it. I don't disagree. So, but, but again, I mean, it's easy to dismiss it. It's easy to dismiss it when it comes from Lawan. 
And also, when you just throw the blanket out there of everybody's got to be better, including me, and upstairs, and downstairs, and ticket sales, and popcorn vendors, and everything's got to be better. When you do that, it's really not a call out. Now, if he were to get up there and say, hey, the defense is doing a great job, but Derrick Henry needs to step it up, now that is a call out. And I just don't see this team doing any of the calling out. Well, who, who, in your opinion, doesn't need to be called out? Fired. Logan Ryan. Jayon Brown. Landry. <laughs> Kern. There's five. That's all I got. Well, Six guess one what? five. When you've got 50, 60, 70 guys in there. Five ain't getting it done. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. Coming up next on Jared and the G, and Mike Vrabel asked a question about a problem he has, and he doesn't have an answer. We'll get to that next. Plus, the Titans have made a couple roster moves. We'll touch on that. And your phones, Jared and the GM. It's ESPN 1025, the game. You know, I, I'm not really sure how we respond. I know we come in here and we practice and we prepare and we move on to the next opponent. Um, that That's always been my you know, singular focus. It'll be to get these things corrected as soon as we possibly can and, and to get on to Denver um, because we, we can't change the outcome of yesterday. We can only hope to, to change and fix, you know, some of the performance and some of the execution. So, um we, we don't dwell on a whole lot of on wins very long. Uh, and we got to do the same thing, uh, unfortunately, after a loss. That was Mike Vrabel, and he was asked, do, you know, do you guys handle winning well? And Vrabel was the, uh, and, and the way Vrabel answered that question, it sounds like Vrabel doesn't have an answer to why this team is so up and so down. They lose, they play great. They win, they play bad. What is that? And I, the way I heard Vrabel answer that question, Floyd, I, I wonder if Vrabel has an answer for why they're so bad after wins. If he had an answer to that, he would be the king of the NFL. I would greatly appreciate that. Because if the everybody, it's, it's like you go back and look at this weekend. I mean, it, you think Chicago was planning to lose the Raiders? No, they were not. And they were ticked that they lost to the Raiders. And I think you can go through and you can find three or four games in the league just like that, just like ours. Was it planning? Were you planning? You know, no. That's not the plan. The plan is to find a way to win. So I don't. Uh, I mean, Indianapolis loses to Oakland one week, the next week beats Kansas City. Yeah, there you go. I, give me the answer to that. Uh, yeah, you no, lose at home to Oakland you and go. go you on know the road why to Kansas City and win. That's how, that's how you end up at 8-8. Eight and eight. And that's what I said. I, you know, the team that wins this division is probably going to win 10 games. The teams that are out of this division are going to probably win seven games. So, you know, there it is. I mean, it's all right there in the middle. It doesn't change from year to year. And I think it's a matter of figuring out a way to win that extra two or three games. And if you can do that during the year, then you're going to be okay. But if you can't, then you're in trouble. And so I think that's that's the challenge now, you know, is they've got to find a way. There's a couple of games along this. How many games have you got left? 13, 14, whatever it is, 12. Um, you've got to figure out a way to – and we did it from time to time last year with 
New England and with Philadelphia. and Then you turn around and mess up some of the others. Well, I mean, the challenge is now you're going to have to do that and, you know, you're going to have to win some division games. You're going to have to to do some things. But let me say this. I mean, Indy, who's, you know, as good as any team in the division, I mean, I think they, they showed a great example. Lose the Raiders one. Look at the Raiders. How good are the Raiders? They've beaten they the, they they beat the Bears and they've beaten Indy back-to-back. So, you know, I don't know. So the uh, I think that that starts with how to find those two wins right there. I think it starts with finding somebody that can kick the football through the uprights. That'd be nice. Because you could make the argument that the Titans are 4-1 and one if they had Ryan Suckup kicking field goals. Exactly. And that is, you know, so people got on Vrabel during the preseason, how they had that punter that was trying to kick during the preseason. And, you know, what are you doing out here running this guy that doesn't know how to kick out to go kick in the preseason? Well, we got Ryan Suckup. We'll be fine. Maybe you should have brought a kicker out there, a young kicker, to see if he could kick, and then I bring in another young kicker, and then maybe you could find a young kicker who could kick. But that's a whole different discussion for a different day. Back to your phone, 615-737-1025. Warren is up next on Taylor Lawan. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Warren. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'm not a coach. I'm a fan. But one thing I do know is statistics and data. And you have to let the data drive decisions. And, and if you go back and watch film, Floyd, on Taylor Juan, not this year, last year, Raiders game, other games, grade those films and let the data tell you he's the best player on the team. But you're not going to see that. I would like to... I would like somebody independently to do that. This guy is not worth the money he is getting paid if you watch the film. Let the data drive the decisions. Jared, you are absolutely right. Thank you for the call. I don't, I don't think people understand how much money it costs to get somebody that actually knows what they're doing to grade tape, how much money it costs them to, to get you to get them to grade like, in order to find out whether or not, if you want someone to watch the film to decide whether or not Taylor Lewan is the best player on the team, I don't think people know how much money that costs. Like, if we were to hire an old football coach or a, a GM like you and say, okay, I want to know if Taylor Lewan is the best player on the team, how much money would that cost? Because you'd have to grade every player on the team, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you go through and grade every player on the team, it would probably cost... Uh, over the period of a season, it probably costs, I don't know, $150,000, $200,000. Okay, so $200,000, that's what the caller wants us to do, is invest $200,000 to find out whether yeah, or not Taylor wants us to play the team. That's, I, I mean, look, Taylor no, no offense, is, caller, but I, I will rely on my eyes <laughs> and be happy with over it. Over the two hundred they, grand. Yes, thank you. Thank you kindly. Now, what if Ryan wants it so badly that they're willing to pay you the two hundred grand Jay. to decide yeah. whether or not Taylor along with the film and the It'll then get, you'd be all for it? We'll get it done. Let's go to Big E, who's up next. He's on the Titans. What's up, E? Uh, uh, yes, I, I kinda of wanted to lay to, to, to weigh in on the Titan leadership issue. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Taylor Lewan is the best player on the team, but I will say that there's a lot of things that he does that doesn't that doesn't make him an ideal leader for this team. A guy who's spending his time on Twitter wars with opposing players, uh, right after you lose a game like they did on Sunday, can't be a leader. A guy that's getting these ridiculous, you know, bonehead penalties, um, and he's done that throughout his stay in, in, in Nashville, 
can't be the lead on your team. He may be the most vocal and most known player because how vocal he is, but, you know, do it on the field. You do it on the field, you'll be the leader, and you'll be the guy that's leading a team that needs a leader. I, I don't see him as a leader. I, I just don't think that he's got the qualities that I would want as a leader on my team. So I'll have to weigh in. I usually agree with Floyd, but I'll have to agree with, with, uh, with Jared on, on this one. I, I don't think Taylor Lewan is the answer as a leader for this team. There are some other guys that perhaps on the team haven't stepped up uh, because they're young, but I don't see Taylor Lewan as the guy to lead my football team. So that's, Thank you for the call. That's my opinion. Thank you for the call. The one thing that you can't argue with is when the guy is going to the Pro Bowl and is making a lot of money, chances are people come into your locker room are going to look at that guy because he's making a lot of money and he's going to the Pro Bowl every year. And people don't understand what what most NFL locker rooms look up to. I mean, they have, you know, that's like, what are you worried about with A.B.? Is A.B. a natural-born leader? Absolutely not. But you go into a weak locker room, you stick him in a weak locker room, he's the leader overnight, just like that. Whatever he says and does, everybody's going to be a part of it. Why? Because he's an all-pro and he's making a ton of money. And they look at that and they go, hey, I want to be an all-pro and I want to make a ton of money. So whatever he does, I think I'm going to emulate Chris is up next on Mike Vrabel's decision-making. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, yes, Jared, would you say that it's a fair statement that since the time that, uh, that, that Coach Vrabel has been here, that, that he's been uh, somewhat aggressive on, on fourth-down situations? I mean, I, I don't know. Would you consider... And not, not kicking the field goal. I mean, would you consider kicking the field goal being aggressive? Because usually speaking, when you go for it is when you're aggressive, but... The bonehead decision on Sunday was the kicking decision. So, all right, that was that was going to be my point. Like he, he's he's every other time that he's he's gone for it on fourth down, everybody was screaming, "Kick the field goal!" And now when when everybody's screaming, "Go for it, go for it!" He's he's he wants to bring out the kicker who's zero for three. That made no sense. And one last uh, quick point, uh, Mr. Floyd Reese, uh, what is it going to take for Vrabel to do short of coaching a game in an actual clown suit? Clown suit. I'll get off and listen. Thank you for the call, Chris. <laughs> Floyd? No response. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess my thing is, uh, like, look, there's a time and a place for everything. Like, I, I like punting. Punting on second down, I don't like. So there's a time and a place for every decision Vrabel makes. I mean, look, Vrabel, I, th- this is my theory on Vrabel. I think Mike Vrabel is a natural contrarian. Like, I think he's a good guy, but I think he's like a natural contrarian. Kind of like Skip Bayless, but very different. And by being a natural contrarian, like, he sees the obvious punt or field goal situation, and that just inner personality of him takes over to say, no, I'm going to be different. I'm going to show him. And that's what leads to the bad decision-making. I think he's going to get out of this phase and eventually learn when to kick, when to go, when to punt, all of that. But he's, in my opinion, he's, he's not there yet. Okay. I'm done talking about it. 615. I'm, I'm done trying to educate. I've tried for two days. Do you know what, though? Working. In all fairness. And so if it's in, in not working, fairness, then don't, you know, it's the same deal. You have I tell, It's like I tell made. my kids. You ask me a question, I give you the answer. 
you don't like my answers, then don't ask me questions. You know, it's that simple. You don't want the answers. You don't like the answers, my answers. I mean, 40 years experience is not enough for you people. I understand that. And so, I, you know what? I'm, I'm good with that. 615-737-1025, Jared and the GM. We are live out at Pete and Terry's Tavern. It's ESPN 1025 The Game. Let me tell you about Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They're proud supporters of the Nashville Predators. They offer true transparency pricing. And a lot of people have been like, Jared, what is true transparency pricing exactly? And I'm like, this is what true transparency pricing is. Other people will come to your home, and they'll hit you with a special fee. Or, hey, we've got a flat rate. Or things like that, where essentially they're charging you more money than you should be paying. Not at Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They will take care of your home. They know how to take care of your home. And they are obviously the best in the business because they have a 4.8 out of 5 star rating on over 15,000 online reviews. That's right. 15,000. Thousand online reviews, 4.8 out of 5-star rating. That's why I knew it was a no-brainer to go with Hiller at my home. Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. They're proud supporters of the National Predators and of the Tennessee Volunteers. That's Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Jared of the GM, live from Pete and Terry's Tavern. It's ESPN 1025, the game. you think you coach too emotionally at times? You said after the Atlanta... Uh, when you went for it the day after, in hindsight, that, that you should have kicked it to get the three-score lead. Yesterday, it, it seems like it would have been a wiser decision to, to have gone for it when you're sending on a kicker who struggled all day. Are, are emotions at play? As you well, I think everything we do, I think that there's, um, you know, emotion involved, but I'm trying to make the, uh, the, the best decision uh, for the team. And, you know, again, we can sit here and look and say, well, you know, we, did, we didn't get it. We didn't pick up the fourth down. Our foot was across the line. We had a penalty. We, we missed a kick. Um, you know, I just don't think that uh, you have the luxury to do that, nor do you want to. You've know, you got to make a decision and, uh, and, and get the players uh, a call, one that they know and they're confident in and that uh, they can execute. That was Vrabel right there on whether or not he coaches too emotionally. I mean, I think he probably does. I, I will say this, Floyd. Like, I, I do think sometimes maybe the inner player in Vrabel comes out on making some of these fourth down decisions and and things like that. You know, like the, you know, we, I believe in my guys because he always liked it when the coach believed in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think he does that sometimes, whereas sometimes as a coach, maybe you need to, I want to say remove yourself a little bit, but, you know, think it through a little differently than a player would think it through. You know what I mean? Like, the players always want to go for it on fourth down. Like, anytime it's fourth and short, you always see the players, you know, kind of waving off the punt team and stuff like that. But sometimes as a coach, you got to be like, hey, 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 no, 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 we're not going to do that. And I think he's got the inner player in him sometimes. Okay. Do you think that? No. Do you know you've agreed with every <laughs> single one of his decisions? On fourth down. And, and, and guess what? Point. You haven't agreed with a single one. No, no, no. So I, I like the one last one. It, it doesn't I, matter. I was okay with the on one the against the fourth down. I mean, if you were a coach, and if you were really, really a smart coach, you would never make a decision on fourth down. If it's close, kick the field goal. If it's far, punt. Okay, let's go. I mean, because you save yourself hours of headache, hours of preparation, hours of meeting time. 
just getting ready for a fourth and one play. I mean, you people have no concept of what it takes to get ready for those things. And I think that's what's so hard. That's why he can make it easy on himself. He could make it easy. If there's a question about his decision-making, it's the, 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 the question of why make it a decision. I mean, just do the obvious thing. Up, oh, we got 10 yards to go. Okay, punt. You know, oh, we got one. No, let's kick a field goal. No, I mean, don't, I mean, I was okay. And, and Again, then, you know, I was okay with the decision at Atlanta. You know, everybody else hated that decision, and I probably wouldn't have done it, but I was okay with the decision in Atlanta. But some of these other ones, like the, the only decision that I questioned was the one in Atlanta. Yes. That was the most obvious fourth down decision he has had his entire coaching career that I can remember. These others are 50 50. Houston, I fourth mean, and one handoff take, to Stalker. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember that. But, but, uh, we're talking about something that he, I mean, that decision was, was not difficult. You know, that one was, was easy. And he blew it, and he said he blew it. He came out and said, hey, I didn't, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd go the other way. Right. And, and, uh, and Which also takes a lot be. of cojones in order to get up there and say that. But all of those others, I mean, they're all those, the, one, the ones I can think of, you know, are 50-50. I mean, you're. You're taking a shot. Do you think you can get it or not? Do you think it's important or not? It's like last week. He's trying to win the game. And in spite of what people want to say, it was the only opportunity he had to win the game. Period. Let's let's take your phones. Chad is up next on the Titans. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Chad. Hey, guys. So I can tell the GM's annoyed with talking about the subject. He's been talking about it for a couple of days, and you keep forcing him to try to talk about it. So I'm going to push the narrative in a different direction. Jared, you like speaking narratives into existence, so I'm going to ask you one. Given our quarterbacks since McNair, if it doesn't work out with Mariota, will the Titans become a team that ruins quarterbacks? I'll hang up and listen. Thanks for the call. I mean, can't you say that about every team in the league that's not the Chargers or, you know, that's not the Chargers, the Saints, the Steelers, the Patriots, the Packers? Can't what do you, you, what do you say? Do, that do the, tit- the Titans are becoming the team that ruins quarterbacks? Oh. Can't you say that with Jacksonville? Like, you know, from, from Brunel to Leftwich to Gerard to, Bord- to, uh, to Blaine. To Every Henny, team to that Bortles, struggles to, to this win, guy and Minshew. it's because of the quarterback. Every team. And I, I stand by that. You go back through it and you look at what happened. Well, the quarterback got hurt. Hey, we're 6-10. and 10, Okay? You know, I mean, uh, you know, luck. Indy misses luck for whatever it was, a year or two years. It's the only time we've beaten him. Since then, we can't beat him. Can't beat him. Why? They, got, they went to New England, got a quarterback. And everybody says, it's so funny, it kills me, because everybody says, well, look at what Jacksonville did in the sixth round. Guess what? We drafted a quarterback in the sixth round last year. He played for New, Eng- for New York this week, the Jets. Horrible. Did you get a look at him? I mean, it's not the same. Just Came from the exact same spot as that guy, sixth, too, you know? Just because you do something in the sixth round does not mean you're pulling a quarterback I, I do think one thing that hurt the Titans, and it's the only reason you got Mariota, 
but it hurt the Titans as I think the, the year of Wizenhunt really screwed him up. You know, that really, that whole dynamic of Wizenhunt coaching for half the year and sending five guys out every game and him getting murdered for an entire season, I do think that that kind of screwed him up a little bit. That and Wizenhunt was given control of the roster for a year and a half and did not know anything about roster management. And that was a problem, too. Well, I mean, a caller said it a while ago. We keep forgetting, you know, that, what, four years ago? Five years ago, we were the absolute dreads of the NFL. Mm -hmm. Whoever you think the worst team in the league is right now, that was us five years ago. Four years ago, not a great deal better. For the last three years, we've won nine games, and people are getting tired of it, you say. People are getting tired. Well, we can go back and try three. You want that? No. Okay. Then give us a chance to get past nine. 615-737-1025. Jared and the GM. Coming up next, we'll get back to your Titans calls. Plus, are are the Titans better? The 2019 Titans. Are they better than the 2018 Titans? Vrabel was asked about that, what Vrabel had to say. Plus... Are they even better than the 2017 Titans? We'll get into that coming up next. Jared and the GM, we're live from Pete and Terry's Tavern, where you've got one more shot to win a pair of tickets to see the Preds and the Sharks tonight. We'll give those away at 445. It's ESPN 1025, the game is streaming on the Game Nashville app. 